My walk with Farrakhan I bear witness to the man and his works Believe that my walk with Farrakhan Spreading life and always aiming to put his people first uh, Motivating and liberating My people with melanin want to see you thriving and educated No debating, he's a spiritual leader So make sure you tune in, trust you gotta see it Cause this is my walk with Farrakhan I bear witness to the man and his works Believe that Peace, fam. This is Brother Mustafa Abdul Muhammad with the My Walk with Farrakhan podcast, where we talk about self-improvement, becoming one with God, and finding our greatness. I pray you're doing well as you come into this episode of the My Walk with Farrakhan podcast. And we're going to talk about a subject today, which is on my mind, and I think is very, very important for every human being on this planet, particularly the black man and black woman here in the United States of America. On this episode of the My Walk with Farrakhan podcast, we're going to talk about who is Farrakhan and what is his mission and what is his value to the black man and black woman here in the bounds of America and ultimately black people across the world and through black people, ultimately humanity. So this has been on my mind today and in the weeks prior I've just been really thinking on this subject just wanting to explore it on the podcast and just see where God leads me as I discuss this subject on who is Farrakhan what is his mission and what is his value to the black man and black woman here in America when we talk about the Ombudsman Louis Farrakhan we have to take into consideration that he's not an ordinary man that though yes he's human as all humans are human but within him is something from God and that's what we want to explore today is Farrakhan the man of God for our era meaning the time period in which we live in And before we go into that, we have to go into a little bit of history. And this is primarily for those who are versed in biblical scripture and Quranic scripture or Hebrew or Jewish scripture and history. When we scan the pages of the Bible and Quran, but the Bible for now, we read of God given to the people one who saves them or delivers them from their particular um, situations that they may have fallen into in the Bible it starts with a man named Noah whom God chose for that era and it says that the wickedness of the people were great upon the earth at that time. That it says every every imagination of evil was in the mind of the people. That they just constantly thought evil, practiced evil, did wickedness, and so on and so on. So to such people, God gave them Noah. And Noah, as you know, began to warn them of their evil deeds and the consequences that would come from their evil deeds. 
He was the man of God of that era. And while he warned them, he was commanded by God to build an ark. Because God, when he gave Noah the mission, also promised destruction if the people did not follow the warning and the preachings that was coming through Noah at that time as the man of God of that era. So Noah preached and preached and preached and built his ark. And what did the people respond? They laughed at Noah. They mocked Noah. They said Noah was crazy as hell. They said Noah is out of his mind. They said Noah is a nut for building an ark on all this dry land. So he was rejected. And as the story goes in both the Bible and the Quran, that after the people rejected him from a time period and God's mercy and and time of warning was up, then God brought down the rain or the water and the people were drowned. And those who followed Noah and believed in his message and got on the ark, they were victorious and they won while the disbelievers were not victorious, were not successful. So that's just one story. And going throughout the Bible and the Quran, we hear of so many ones that God has given to the people. We hear about a Moses and an Aaron who saved the children of Israel who were suffering under a wicked Pharaoh. And God sent Moses and then confirmed and, and aided Moses with his brother Aaron to add to his strength. And Moses and Aaron both went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And after a certain point of preaching and preaching and preaching and warning, Pharaoh didn't listen, didn't let the people go until the end. And for Pharaoh's wickedness and oppression of the people, God drowned them. God killed them. And those that went with Moses and Aaron were the victors. And we hear the same story over and over and over again. We hear it in Habakkuk. We hear it in um, Jonah. We hear it in Elijah and Elisha. We hear it in Nehemiah. We hear it in Nahum. We hear it in all of these prophets or messengers or warners or men of God of that era who come to the people to let them know, thus said the Lord. And the Holy Quran doesn't contradict the Bible. It names those same prophets and then adds some prophets that the Bible doesn't mention. But all in all, God has sent warners and messengers and prophets to the people throughout the ages. And that's how God works in his justice and his mercy. He doesn't just chastise the people or kill the people or punish the people without first warning the people. He always his pattern that he always raises up a person, somebody, somebody to teach the people, guide the people, warn the people, elevate the people, give the people a chance to come out of their condition. That's a just merciful God. 
And this pattern has been repeated over and over and over again. Going into the New Testament, we hear of a man named Jesus. Going into the Quran, we hear of a man named Muhammad, Prophet Muhammad. Peace be upon all those servants of God that have come throughout the ages to serve humanity and do the will of God in their era. But we have to ask the question as black people, Will God or has God given to us a man of God for our error? Excuse me. Let's look at our condition and see are we. Is our condition a cause of concern that will warrant a man of God to come among us? You know, as I know, I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir. But black people were ripped off, robbed, and enslaved from their homeland of Africa. And I know that some wicked ones would try to minimize that and say that slavery existed all over the earth, including in Africa. Yes, that is true. But Americanized, Europeanized slavery cannot be compared to indentured servant or prisoners of war or that type of slavery that has been practiced in the world. Americanized European slavery is a whole different ball game. Well, we were brought from America in the holes of slave ships, according to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. We were brought on a slave ship named Jesus in the year 1555. The enemy was so much of a hypocrite and a wicked one in himself that he took the name of a righteous servant of God in Jesus to name a slave ship after and to transport kidnapped people from Africa to America to abuse them on a slave ship named Jesus. That within itself should let you know a lot about the character of the people that we are among, that they will use God's name to shield their dirty practices. But we were brought to these shores in bondage, enslaved. And once we came to America, that wasn't the end of the story. They robbed us of our names. They robbed us of our culture. They robbed us of our family structure. They destroyed our men. They corrupted our women. They raped our women and they raped our boys. They turned us inside out and upside down. As the Bible says in Isaiah, these people have been robbed and spoiled. And you know, when you have food in the refrigerator that has gone bad and has gone spoiled, you know, it's no longer useful. You know, it stinks and it's, and it's, it's no good. You throw it out. But well, we are people that have been robbed and spoiled. We had value at one time and we have value in the sight of God, but in the uh, sight of the white people or humanity, we are looked at a people that spoiled. We looked at a people that we stank. We have no value. We have been voided of any type of um, any type of noble qualities or anything like that. So we were brought to America in this condition and robbed and spoiled and ripped off and done in and mistreated from day from can't see morning to can't see night. That's what happened to us. And it's interesting 
that the Bible in Genesis chapter 15, verses 13 and 14, talks about a particular people who would be in slavery for 400 years. And if we study the history of ourselves, we have been in slavery over 400 years. So we have to ask the question or reason, are we the people that fulfill the scripture of Genesis chapter 15, verse 13 and 14? that have been robbed, enslaved for 400 years? I would say yes. What you say? So our condition was one of we have been robbed of self-knowledge. We have been destroyed. Our families have been wiped out. And we have been integrated into a people who hate our very shadows. And by integration with the people that hate our shadows, we have taken on their negative characteristics, their wicked practices. We have taken on their minds and their ways. So we are people that have been made empty vessels, but have been filled with the, um, with the wine of self-hatred and white supremacy and ignorance. So that is the condition then, and that is the condition that we presently function and live under right now. We have been robbed and spoiled, family. And we have to ask the question, did God see us coming into slavery on that slave ship, Jesus? Did God see the black woman being raped and having to bear the children of the slave master? Did God see us being hung and lynched and burned at the stake, castrating the black man, cutting the black man in many places and throwing him over a slave ship? Did God see chattel slavery and mistreatment where we had to work from can't see morning to can't see night being insulted being spit on being whipped in our backs did god see what has happened to us and if we can read in the bible where god sent a moses and aaron because the children of israel were suffering under a wicked taskmaster and pharaoh what about this wicked taskmaster called the united states of america who or when will God come to us and who and when will God send somebody to save us and to warn us and to redeem us and to restore us? That's a question that every religious person on this planet must consider that black people are in need of salvation. We are in need not just of knowledge. We need divine knowledge. We're not just in need of salvation. We need divine salvation. And the knowledge and salvation that we need has to come from God. So we're asking the question, is Farrakhan the man of God of our era in which we live? So we're putting on the table the case for our need for God's intervention. As we said, God always comes to the people when they're in need, when they're at their bottom, when they have been spoiled, when they have been wiped out. God comes in that void and he comes to fill them and to give them his way. Look at us black people in America. They have turned us out. We're, we're, the, we're the greatest killers of ourselves. 
And some people would say that we can't complain about white people killing us or police killing us when we're killing ourselves. That's true. However, we have to understand that in the context of what we're looking at. Black people are thinking not with their original mind of when they were in Africa. White supremacy takes away our history. White supremacy takes away our accomplishments. White supremacy takes away our origin in the world and our, and our contributions to human development as far as mathematics and science and civilization and bringing flavor to humanity. White supremacy takes that away from us and say that we have no value. We have contributed nothing to humanity. So that produces, as the opposite extreme of white supremacy, black inferiority. Because if you feel that you have no history and you haven't accomplished nothing and you have not contributed nothing, then you can't feel too great about yourself. If you go to school for 12 years and all they do is pump you full of Christopher Columbus, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, the Greeks, the Romans, Europe, Great Britain, Russia, white people, Alexander the Great, Socrates, Aristotle, Hippocrates, Copernicus, Sir uh, Isaac Newton, Albert Einstein. You're constantly pumped full of these white um, ones of achievement. And when you put that into a mind that has no sense of achievement or no greatness, we, you don't know about our great black scientists or our great builders or our great mathematicians or our great doctors, then that white supremacy being pumped up and you being voided, then that produces an inferiority complex and a self-hatred complex. So if you hate yourself and you hate what you see in the mirror, when you see me, you hate me because I am reflection of you and you hate in me what you hate in yourself. So, yes, black people are killers of ourselves and disrespectful of ourselves and commit criminal acts among ourselves. But that's because we are voided and we're functioning from self-hatred and black inferiority. So it's the white man's mind that he put in us that we're functioning of. And that's why we're doing these wicked things. As the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If a man thinks self-hatred and hates being black, then he's going to destroy black. He's going to kill black. He's going to oppose black. As Jesus said, you don't put new wine in old wine cases. You have to take the old wine out and uh, to put new wine in a new wine case. So we are old in the world. We are old wine cases in white supremacy. So you can't put new wine in the old wine cases. You have to renew us and restore us before you put the new wine, which represents knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, in us so that we can be complete and whole. The Bible again says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I'm going to say that one more time. This is Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. That sums it up right then there. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. 
So yes, we are. We do some crazy things as black people, and and it makes me sick to my stomach because that fuels and justifies the real enemies of ours to do what they want to do of hatred. They say, hey, if niggas want to kill themselves, I'm gonna kill them too. They say if niggas want to rape themselves, I'm going to rape them too. They say if niggas want to humiliate themselves, I'm going to humiliate them too. That's how they think. That they use our weaknesses and our evil against ourselves to justify their madness against us. So yes, we have to clean up our madness, but they're still going to be the enemy. That's just the excuse. But our condition is so bad today and we do have successful black people. We have CEOs and educated black folks and rich black folks and middle class black folks and high earning black folks and all type of good black folks. But the Ms. Louis Farrakhan says that you, a one man can't rise above the condition of his people. So if your people are doing bad, but you're doing good, then you can't get proud because you'll always be considered the exception to the rule. That's why they always say, well, he is the first black person to do this. She is the first black person to achieve that. She is the first black CEO. She is the, he is the first black to do this. He is the first black to achieve that. So they put you as an exception because in, in general, your people are down. So you become an exception. You become one of the exceptional ones. Among your people. So one man can't rise above the condition of his people. And Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, He who goes to bed with his stomach filled while his, his brother is hungry is not one of us. So you have to have, you can't be proud that I, I made it out of the hood. I, I, I made it out of the ghetto. I, I, I'm not like the rest of them. No, man. You have to have consideration and compassion for your people. Yes, you made it out, but you were one. That got ahead while many were left behind. So our condition is bad, brothers and sisters. So are we in need of a man of God in our era? Do we need somebody to teach us? Do we need somebody to lead us? Do we need somebody to guide us out of our miserable condition that we are in? And when God wants to work among the people, it's not the people's choice for leadership. It's God's choice. God gave Noah. God gave Moses. God gave Aaron. God gave David. God gave Solomon. God gave um, uh, Malachi and Jesus and Muhammad and the many other men of God. God gave them. So is Farrakhan the man of God? For our era today. Our condition. Definitely. Justifies. God having to have some kind of consideration. If we believe that God is all seeing and all knowing. Then God has to see Trayvon Martin. God has to see Sandra Bland. God has to see Mike Brown. God has to see all of the brothers and sisters who have been murdered by this merciless enemy. God had to see George Floyd. huh? God had to see Philandro Castile. God had to see our, our black people being murdered left and right. And then they tell us to don't become savages and take justice in our own hand and trust the system. And then the system lets us down. The system is the brother of the killer and the system turns his head to our cries and our pleas. 
So we need aid. We need salvation. We need one to lead, teach, and guide us out of this hell that we are in as black people in America. So I'm asking the question on this podcast. Is Farrakhan the man of God of our era? And that is not a silly question. That's an intelligent question. That's a question that every religious Man, woman, child on this planet, whether you are Muslim, a Christian, a Jew, or anything else in between, you must ask the question, who will save those black people in America? Who will raise them up out of their condition? Who will bring light in those darkened vessels? And I'm asking, and I'm suggesting, and I'm saying that Farrakhan, the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, is that man of God of our era today. Well, you say, can you prove it? Is there any reference to this, Brother Mustafa? Because anybody can say anything. I, I can I can get somebody can create a podcast and claim that God spoke to him last night and say they the man of God of this era. And many people claim many things, but we want to ask and answer the question, is Farrakhan the man of God for our era? Because we definitely need some salvation. I want to go into something from the scripture. And this is from the book of Isaiah 42, verse 6 and 7. It says, I, the Lord have called thee in righteousness and will hold thy hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles to open the blind eyes to bring out the bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison houses. This is from Isaiah chapter one, verse three. It says the ox knows his owner and the donkey is master, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Excuse me. We already spoke about earlier about Hosea 4, 6, where it says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And throughout this Bible, there's a constant reference and the New Testament, too, where it talks about my people. God used very specific language. He doesn't say the people or humanity. He says my people. God claims a certain people. And we have to ask that question before we go further into Farrakhan's identity. And if he's the man of God of our era, who are the people of God? Who are the my people that God is talking about? And I'm going to just go straight to the point and say that we believe and we're teaching and we're representing that the black people of America are the God, are God's people. As it says in the New Testament. That God would take the last and make them first. The tail would be made the head. The rejected and despised, that's the ones that God wants. So we are definitely the, the tail. We are definitely the last. We are definitely the rejected and despised. But check this out what Jesus says. Jesus, as a man of God, and when God chooses a man, he gives that man vision and foresight and allows that man to see and is revealed to that man 
future prophecies and future events. So Jesus was talking to the people and he was telling them some things. Listen to this. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but the salt has lost its savor. So it's good for nothing but to be trampled under the feet of men. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus was talking to people and he was letting them know some prophecy. He says, ye are the salt of the earth, but the salt has lost its savor. So it's good for nothing but to be trampled under the feet of men. Well, we're talking about he's talking about a particular people who he says were once the salt of the earth. And, you know, when you're talking about salt, salt is that which gives some flavor. If you got some bland food or some bland soup or some bad steak or some something that just ain't got no pop to it, you got to go put some salt on it. You say, hey, man, pass that salt to me. And that salt wakens up what was bland food and gives it some flavor, makes it something you can put down your stomach, down your throat to eat. So Jesus is saying it's a particular people that they were once the salt of the earth, meaning they were the ones that gave flavor to humanity. They were the ones that gave civilization to humanity. They were the ones who gave culture to humanity. They were the ones that gave mathematics and science and all the disciplines to humanity. They were the salt of the earth. And we know for my history that the black man and black woman is the salt of the earth. Because when we go back as far as Egypt and we go back further than that, we go back and study civilization, that we are the civilizers. We are the ones who brought the knowledge, we brought the civilization, we brought the disciplines to this world. That's a fact. When the white people were in the caves and hillsides of Europe, we were in Egypt building the pyramids. We were having civilization among ourselves in Africa, in uh, what's called the uh, Middle East, which is actually another part of Africa. We were civilized beings. The Native Americans had their own civilization. They were running civil, civilized societies. We were and are the salt of the earth. When the white people came out of the caves and hillsides of Europe, according to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, it was we who civilized them, put clothes on them, Taught them how to eat their food, taught them how to have civilization, taught them morals and righteousness and the way of civilized human beings. We taught them that. And it is a fact that the Greeks got their knowledge from the Egyptians who were black people. They said that Egypt was the land of the burnt faced people. So the uh, Greeks the so-called philosophers, the great wisdom and science people of that time, they got their knowledge from black people. And then they went back to Greek. Some of them didn't want to give credit to who gave them not so we can consider them uh, guilty of plagiarism. And they built a great society and great civilization. And that transferred over to Rome as well. But we were the ones that civilized them and taught them and made them great in their era. After Greek and Rome, the Europeans, they went back down into the Dark Ages. 
and they were locked up in Europe and they had the bubonic plague and they went back into savagery and was just stanking and wasn't taking baths. Excuse me, my phone's ringing. But they wasn't taking baths and they was just, they renounced science and, and, and knowledge and just went into pure ignorance. And who was it that brought them out of this condition? It was the Moors. It was the Muslims. And the Muslims began to educate them and teach them civilization again and teach them to take baths and clean up their act. And it led to what was called the Renaissance in Europe. And they began to seek knowledge and seek wisdom and travel and exploration. But that came from their interaction with the Spanish Moors or the Muslims. So... We are a people who are the salt of the earth, or were the salt of the earth, but we have lost our savor. And if you look at our condition now, just go to the, just drive down the hood in the ghetto where we stay at. And I'm not trying to stereotype us to say that that's all we are. We just a bunch of ghetto folks and all that kind of foolishness. But go down to where we stay at. And when you look at our condition where we stared in the hood or round away, it's hard to believe maybe that what you're looking at is the descendants of the builders of the pyramids. What you're looking at is the descendants of those great mathematicians, those great scientists, those great civilizers, those great builders, those great ones who have built master and great societies, those who built great universities of learning and knowledge, but now they're walking with their pants sagging, now they're smoking dope, now they're doing all type of foul things which come from the white man. But that's what Jesus saw. He said, you are the salt of the earth, but the salt has lost its savor. So it's good for nothing but to be trampled under the feet of men. And that's exactly what's happened to us because we have lost our savor or our flavor as salt. We're being trampled under the feet of men and we're being trampled under the feet of white men, Arab men and any other men that's in our community because we don't own the businesses in our community. We don't control or direct the affairs of our community. We don't control the schools in our community or the hospitals or the food, um, um, the uh, grocery stores or anything in our community. That's directed by white men, Arab men, Mexican men, Indian men, and other men. But it's not us. So we're being trampled under the feet of men. The police come into our community and kill us at will, and we do nothing about it and don't um, stop it. So we're being trampled under the feet of men. This is Jesus making prophecies about a people who were once great, but have now become nothing but trampled under the feet of men. So these are the people that God is interested in. God wants to take those people who have been deemed the lowest of the low by this world. And God will come into them and among them. And God will raise these people who have been deemed the lowest of low to the highest of high. And when he do that, you would have to know that it has to be God. Because the world said there's no hope for niggas. There's no hope for them black people in America. They're beyond lost. They're beyond gone. 
So if you see us starting to rise up and we start to shine, whereas once we were in darkness and we start being civilized, whereas once we were uncivilized, where we start being family again, where we were once not family, then you have to know that that is God coming in our presence today. So we are the people who can be identified as the my people of the Bible and New Testament. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people do not understand, the Bible says. My people have been robbed and spoiled. It is us. We are the my people. So do the my people deserve one to come among them in our era to save and deliver us and take us out of that, our condition? I know we got Jesus. I know we got Prophet Muhammad. I know we got Abraham and the prophets of Israel and that we can mention their names. But why is it that when we talk about a savior or a man of God or a prophet or something that we always got to look back? Have you ever considered that? We love Jesus, but Jesus was here 2000 years ago, man. We love Prophet Muhammad, but Prophet Muhammad was here over 1400 years ago. We love Moses and Aaron, but they was here over 4000 years ago. We love Abraham, but he was here over 5000 years ago, man. We love the other prophets of Israel mentioned in the Old Testament. They was over. They was here over 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago. So why do we have to look at a savior or a messenger that was here thousands of years ago, but is not present in our current era to help us and benefit us? Is Moses and Aaron preaching to America today to tell America, let my people go? No, they are not. Is Abraham fighting against a corrupt government in the United States of America? No, he is not. Is Jesus um, arguing with America like he argued with the Romans and the wicked religious leaders of his time? No, he's not. So we have to look for somebody in present time. We look for inspiration from the old messengers and prophets and messiahs. But we can't be ones to just always looking back, looking back, talking about what used to be. We need somebody right now in 2021 to preach to us, to teach us, to guide us and lead us out of this hell that we live in. While we honor those that came before them, we need to look at one or look for one that's in our present right now that has the spirit of God upon him and has been anointed to preach glad tidings to the poor. And I'm looking at that man in the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan because he, among all of them today, is following the pattern of the messengers of God. All of the messengers of God were never accepted by the government of their time. Moses was not accepted by Pharaoh. Noah was not accepted by the leadership of his time. Habakkuk was not accepted by the leadership of his time. Jesus the Christ was not accepted by the leadership of the Romans of his time, of uh, Pontius Pilate and those leaders of that time. The holy prophet Muhammad was not accepted by the Quraysh or Abu Safian of that time. He was not accepted. But they still did their mission, though they was not accepted by the leadership or the government of that time. So that's the first thing that you have to look for when you're talking about a man of God. 
The man of God is not loved by the people. The man of God is not loved by the government or the leadership that they come among. So that is one sign that we look for in a man of God. Another sign that we look for in a man of God is that he does not go to the best, what's considered the best of the people. He doesn't go to the college people and the uh, well-to-do people and the rich and the well, the well, the ones that's living well. He don't go after them. He always go to the least ones, the rejected ones, the least of these, as Jesus said. So Noah didn't go to the high, the high class people. He went to the low people. And that was the base of his uh, strength because he worked among the little people. Jesus, Moses, Muhammad, they all went to the little man. They went to the rejected and the despised. So that's another thing that we look for when we're looking for a modern day man of God. One, they're not loved by the government. Two, they are not. They are. They do not go after the rich and powerful. They go after the least of these, the small ones. Another sign of a man of God in the modern day era is they go against the religious establishment of their era. Because religion, as the Almonds Louis Farrakhan says, has been made a slave making institution by this world, wherein religion or God's truth or God's way, it is given to the people as a liberating force. It's given to the people to bring them into oneness with God and to unleash the power of God within themselves and make them mighty in their in their ways. But religion of the world or religion that's sanctioned by the government or sanctioned by the ruling class, it's a slave making religion. And in modern day times, we have billions of Muslims, billions of Christians, billions of Jews and millions and billions of other religious people. But look at the condition of the world that we live in. It is as though God has never been among the people in the presence of a prophet. It's as though the world has never had God's truth on the world. If you go by the behavior of people who claim religion, people of religion kill each other. People of religion hate on each other. Religion, people of religion are divided. People of religion are living foul lives themselves. People of religion gossip, lie, slander, do all type of stuff. And it is in that context where many people have given up on religion. Not because so, some so-called Satan is turning people away from God. The people who represent God is turning people away from God. Because of the ignorant way in which they are representing and handling the way of God. So when a man of God comes into the world, he has to go against the religious establishment of that time. Because the religious establishment that's by the government or the wicked is a slave-making institution. So when Jesus went, came among the people in his, his era, he had to go against the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious interpreters of his time of Jewish law and Jewish practice and Jewish religion. He had to oppose them because it was their interpretations which were misleading and enslaving the people. So Jesus had a controversy with the 
Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, those religious scholars and interpreters of his time. It was the same with the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him and peace be upon them. When he came among the people, they were worshiping 360 gods and the pagan Quarish, they were making a profit off of the gods because each idol god they were able to sell at the market when the people would come out to um, certain events. And there were 360 gods, so there was 360 different gods they could sell. That was a great profit for them. They were making great money off these idol gods. So when the Holy Prophet Muhammad came among them and wanted to take, instead of worshiping 360 gods and make it one god, that became an economic disadvantage for them because now we're going to lose 359 gods that we can sell. So he, Muhammad the prophet, had to go against the religious establishment of his time because it had become a slave-making institution and way that was misleading and um, making the people merchandise and making God a merchandise. So both of these men, Jesus and Muhammad, they fought against the religious class of their day and they brought new truths and new revelations that we had never heard before up to that time. So when we're looking for a modern-day man of God... He's not going to be loved by the religions of this world, the mainstream religions. So if a man of God is in our midst today, mainstream Christianity ain't going to love him. If a, if a modern day man of God is in our midst today, mainstream Judaism is not going to love him. If a man of God is in our midst today, mainstream Islam, Sunni and Shiite Islam is not going to love him. He's going to have to contend with them and correct them. And then contending with them and correcting them is going to evoke hatred from them and opposition from them because they are lose, they will then lose their place of position and power if this new man of God sets them down. So that's another way of what a sign of what we'll be looking for for a modern day man of God. So let's look. Let's so far. Let's look at those three signs and let's lay that over to Ms. Louis Farrakhan and ask the question. Is Farrakhan loved by the government today? Hell no. The government don't love Farrakhan. The white government of America, the white government of Europe, the white government of Israel, they do not love Farrakhan because Farrakhan is a man of the people. And Farrakhan is trying to raise up little people and empower little people so the big people in power and the slave master and the oppressors can't rule over them anymore. So that's a threat to their power and their ability to rule because they rule over people in ignorance. So any man who comes from God, excuse me, any man that comes from God and tries to enlighten the people by teaching them the truth, he's a threat to those who rule over the people by keeping the people ignorant. So Don Miss Louis Farrakhan is not loved by the government because he's teaching the people the truth. Farrakhan is not loved by the government because he's telling black people to stop drinking alcohol. And, and the government of America makes millions and billions of dollars a year off of the alcohol industry and selling it to black people. Farrakhan is telling black people to stop smoking cigarettes. And the government of America makes millions and probably billions of dollars off the cigarette industry and selling them to black people every year. So if Farrakhan telling black people to stop drinking and smoking, America's going to lose millions and billions of dollars because in our ignorance, that's what we do. We drink and we smoke. Farrakhan is teaching the black man to be an elevated, moral, righteous man. And when you're an elevated, moral, righteous man, then you're not going to put yourself in positions to be imprisoned by your oppressor. 
And so, as we know, prison is a big industry. Prison is on stock market, I heard. Prison is a way that they put you in prison, and in prison you work for these uh, these, these powerful, rich corporate int- institutions, excuse me, I couldn't get it out, these entities and institutions where they wouldn't hire you on the outside, but now that you're locked up, they will hire you to produce their products, and they give you five cents and 10 cents and 15 cents an hour, but you're building products for these, uh, these corporations that they can go out and sell for hundreds of dollars and thousands of dollars. So this is a slave plantation. And that's why the 13th amendment has that loophole. It says slavery hasn't been abolished except for a crime in which you'll be duly convicted. So, um, the man of God, he's hated because he's bringing the people out of the prison houses and teaching them righteousness and how to live truthful to God. So Farrakhan is not loved by the government because he's teaching the truth and bringing the people out of their ignorance. Farrakhan is not loved by the religious people of this world because he's shining a light on their hypocrisy. He is showing that their religion or their light has burned out and they need to update their understanding of God, update their understanding of the prophets, update their understanding of the word of God. And that update comes from the modern day man of God. And if you've been ruling religiously for thousands of years, you don't want to give up your place to somebody new who is the modern day man of God. So you rather stay in your ignorance if it keeps you in power and your position over the people. So the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he is here to contend and correct the world of Christianity. He's here to contend and correct the world of Judaism. He is here to contend and correct the world of of uh, Sunni Islam and Shiite Islam and traditional Islam or Orthodox Islam. He's here to contend and correct all of them because all of them have deviated from the path of God and all of them are guilty of misleading the people and putting the people in an ignorant condition and enslaved in the name of God. So Dominus Louis Farrakhan has a mission Against the religions of this world, just like the prophets of the old had to go against the religious class and societies of their time. The Alphamous Louis Farrakhan, he does not go to the big shots of this world. He's not going after the so-called power brokers of this world. He's not going to the Wall Streets and the educated folks and all that kind of stuff. I know that's not a word, but I'm just 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 being funny. But He goes to those of us in the ghetto. He goes to those of us who are in the prison houses. He goes among those of us who have been outright destroyed and have been enveloped in triple darkness. He goes after, as Jesus said, the least of these. He goes after the tail. He goes after the the last ones. He goes after the salt that's lost its savor, but with the truth and teachings, he tries to bring that, get that salt its savor back so it can stop being trampled under the feet of men. So this is, this is what the Almond Louis Farrakhan does. He works like Jesus said, that Jesus said that he would give sight to the blind. He would give hearing to the deaf. He would make the dumb tongue speak. Look at Farrakhan. He's making blind black people see. He's making deaf black people hear and he's making a dumb tongue in black people speak wisdom and, and knowledge and some serious understanding. So using those three signs, we can put them over Farrakhan 
and see that he's doing that. Also, a sign of the man of God is he preaches an or else. He always comes with an or else. He preaches the warning. He preaches the guidance. He preaches civilization. But he also comes with an or else. If you don't go by the dictates that I lay down that God has given, there's an or else coming. That God is going to judge you. God is going to destroy you. God is going to bring your civilization or your government down. And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he teaches the judgment of God on America. That because America has destroyed black people and America would not give black people justice and America would not help in the civilizing work of raising black people up that was given to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and is given to the Honorable Louis Farrakhan today. America is right now in 2021. This is January. America is under the judgment of God. You can take it or let it alone. But America, my country, tis a thee, sweet land of liberty. You are under the judgment of God. And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has announced, thus, save the Lord, that your way out of the judgment is to do right by his people. Your way out of the judgment is to help Farrakhan to civilize black people. Your way out of the judgment is to help repair and restore and redeem black people because your hands have blood on them and your mouth is full of the blood of the black man. So your condition to get out of this judgment is to help Farrakhan save and uplift black people. But if you do not help him to help our people and you continue in your wickedness against the people trying to kill us and trying to destroy us and trying to poison our minds and continue in your deceitful plots and plans against us, then you will face the wrath of God. And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is the only man that is preaching the judgment and the wrath of God against America for her misdeeds and her wickedness against the people who are the people of God, the black man and black woman of America, the my people of the Bible, New Old Testament and New Testament. So that's a sign of the man of God. He preaches that judgment and Farrakhan is definitely preaching the judgment. He has not slacked on warning America and letting America know, thus saith the Lord. And he does it without fear or worry about um, our consequences. He does what God puts on him to say to the government of America. So Farrakhan is the man of our era. He's the man of God of our era. I believe it. And if you study his works and look at him and compare him by the other men of God of the scripture, I believe you will come to the same conclusion as I have and thousands and millions of us have that Farrakhan is no ordinary man. Yes, he has two hands, two feet, ten toes, ten fingers, two ears, a tongue, a nose. He coughs and he spits. But within him is the spirit of God. Within him is the divine knowledge and essence of God. Within him is the truth of God and the presence of God. And if you look at him from the outside and say, well, he's just a man. He's, he's no better than me. He's just like me. He got, he got eyes and ears like me. He wears underwear just like me. I'm not going to follow him. I'm not going to listen to him. He ain't no better than me. Then you will be doing yourself a great disservice. Because in the book of the Old Testament, or what is this? Uh, is it Samuel, I think? Maybe. 
when they were choosing David to be the new king, to be the new anointed one, they went after all of the sons of Jesse, if you remember. And they looked at all the sons. Some of the sons were big. Some of the sons were strong. Some of the sons were tall. Some of the sons were handsome. Some of the sons had other uh, physical characteristics that the people thought would make for a good king for Israel. But uh, the prophet asked, what about your other son out in the back? And he said, oh, that's just my, uh, my youngest son out there, David. He's out there tending to the sheep or tending to the uh, cattle or something. And he said, bring him out. And in words, they were saying, he ain't nobody special. He ain't nobody big. He ain't no big shot. And the prophet told him that man looks at the outside, but God judges by the heart. So bring David forth because you may judge him by the outside and think he's just ordinary, but his heart ain't ordinary. His heart is a heart that's after God. And God wants David because of the heart that he has so that he can use him in his service and his mission. So, y'all, Miss Louis Farrakhan, you got to look at him with the right eyes. You got your physical eyes and you got your spiritual eyes. And you have to look at Farrakhan with your spiritual eyes. And when you look at him with your spiritual eyes, Farrakhan has a heart. That's the heart of God. Because he loves the people of God. He sacrifices for the people of God. He works for the people of God. And those of us that come into his service to help him in the mission, he puts that same heart of love in us. That's why you'll see the brothers out on the corner or on the highways and the byways with the Final Call newspaper. We ain't no done paper boys. We ain't out there trying to sell a newspaper because we're trying to make a buck or a dollar. We have accepted the mission of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, which he got from his teacher, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, who is the messenger of God in his era and is the messenger of God working through the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, that they put in us the heart of love for our people. And we'll put a suit on and go out in 90 degree sun because we don't give a damn because we love the people more than we uh, we love the people more than we fear the heat of the sun or we'll go out in cold weather 30 degrees 20 degrees and 10 degrees in certain areas because we don't give a damn about no cold we care more about the people than we care about the consequences of some cold weather but that comes from the heart of Farrakhan which comes from the heart and love of God that he has put in us so Farrakhan is the man of God for our era I believe it and I want you to come into the knowledge of believing it because we are a people that need salvation, family. I love all the prophets are old, but the prophets are old are late. They are late. None of the prophets of the past or messengers or messiahs have come back to 2020, 2021 or our era to do anything on behalf of black people. We can read about them and be inspired by them, but they are not working in this modern day time to do anything to save us and to elevate us and bring us out of their condition. So we can be inspired by them, but we need a modern day man of God to lift us out of this hell hole of a condition that we find ourselves in. And as the conditions that I laid down and spoke on apply to the Almonds Louis Farrakhan, then we have to look at him as the modern day man of God in our era, in our period of time. So we are people that are destroyed. We are people that have been wiped out. But we are a people that have a great future because God is in our midst today. God is present and he's present in the Almonds Louis Farrakhan and he's present in the world today. 
and he gave us the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and he gave us the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And those two are the door out of the hell that we live in. Those two are the way out. Their teachings, their preaching, their program, what they represent is a door out of the hell that we live in. If we want to continue to be salt, excuse me, if we want to continue to be salt that has lost its savor, so it's good for nothing but to be trampled under the feet of men, continue to reject Farrakhan. And the white man will continue to put hell on top of you. If we want to continue our families being broken up and scattered here and there, continue to reject Farrakhan, and the enemy will continue to break up our family and keep us scattered. If we want to continue being the slaves of the prison industrial complex and letting them make thousands of dollars off us through our building and our products where they give us 5, 10, and 15 cents an hour, continue to reject Farrakhan and they'll continue to make a fool out of you. We have the worst health on the planet with high blood pressure and diabetes and now the coronavirus is killing us and everything else is killing us. But Farrakhan represents a way of how to eat to live as taught by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as given to him by God in person. If we want to continue to have the worst health and being ripped off of our money and having to pay thousands of dollars to these hospitals and these quack so-called doctors and other medical professionals, continue to re reject Farrakhan and the enemy will continue to poison your food, poison your water and poison yourself. So Farrakhan has some answers. That's the point I'm making in this podcast. Farrakhan has some answers to all the problems that we suffer. And it's not because Farrakhan had those answers on his own. God gave him the answers. And if we want to get away out of this wicked world, the answers are in God, in Farrakhan from God. So walk with Farrakhan like I'm walking with Farrakhan. And he will give you answers to all of the problems that we suffer in this hell of America. He will bring us out of the prisons. He will bring us out of the bad health. He will bring us out of family uh, destruction. He will bring us out of monetary waste and usefulness. He'll bring us out of all of the problems that we have because he has a way from God to solve all the problems. So family, this has been my longest podcast ever. I think an hour or more. But I want to spill out of me everything that I know and how I feel about the Armin's Louis Farrakhan and what I believe that he is the man of God of our era. It's a long podcast. You may have to listen to it in parts. Um, I get that, but I just had to let it go. I just had to hit I had to hit my mic and just put play and just let it go. And whatever God brought out of me, God brought out of me. It ain't me talking, it's God talking in me. That's the way Farrakhan taught me. You don't take credit for what God's doing in you. You give praise and honor to God. So I praise God and I thank God that he allowed me to express myself and how I feel about the Armaments Louis Farrakhan. And I pray that this message will be received and understood for its purpose because I just want you to get to know Farrakhan. I want you to know that God loves some black people and God has put in black people in the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan himself, his spirit, his way, his truth. And if we walk with Farrakhan, we will walk into the brightness of a brand new day and a great future for our people and our children and our grandchildren. So I, I won't hold you longer. I greet you in peace and lead you as I came. Peace, fam.
I walk with Farrakhan I bear witness to the man and his works Believe that uh, My walk with Farrakhan